And I'm Teresa Zoe Williams. Thanks for tuning in to episode five. Can you believe it? Five. We've been at this for over a month now. Okay, so most of you know I hang out on Catholic Twitter a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like it's where I found my tribe, if you will. You know, I've made a lot of great friends because of it, and I've gotten to be a part of some cool projects because of the connections I've made there. Catholic Twitter is great because it's so varied. You know, we have all sorts of people from all different places with vast opinions, but we're all Catholic. A true microcosm of the church, if you will. You know, for instance, We've got people like Mike Lewis and the Where Peter Is crew who staunchly defend the Pope. Side note, Mike really knows how to put together a great team. That's his greatest asset. Maybe his only asset. Who am I to say? But then we've got people like Sam Rocha who are really into politics and philosophy. You know, those things that I was told in college that I couldn't do because I'm a woman. Thank goodness for the people who know philosophy. And then we've got people like Haley Stewart and Tommy Ty, who are really just enjoying being Catholic and living that Catholic life. They're just so joyful. But finally, there's one special group of people on Twitter. The Twitter frogs and anonymous accounts. They serve as our judges, letting us know who is and who isn't actually Catholic. We can always count on them for that. You know, Catholic Twitter is like dumping a bunch of betta fish into one bowl together. The carnage can be truly amazing, truly amazing. The Twitter frogs in particular are just incredible creatures. They get to hide behind anonymity while doling out judgments. I don't know why they're so angry all the time though. I mean, maybe it's because we're all betas, but they want to be alphas. Jesus is the alpha and omega, so they can just be alphas, right? This has to be what's going through their mind. Anyway, it's a true treat when these guys swim out of the corners of the Twitter tank to instruct the rest of us true betas. Sometimes they'll just devour anyone they see, and sometimes others bite back. I mean, it makes sense. Frogs eat fish, and everyone's got to eat. But some fish have teeth. So this reminds me of something that went down on Catholic Twitter recently. The frogs came out of their corner saying that posting breastfeeding pictures is immodest. And then they went further, saying that breastfeeding uncovered while in public is also immodest. Just... You know, just turning that wheel of the so-called modesty discourse again and again and again. You know, it's almost as if these guys think the physical body is bad. But that can't be. You know, that's, that's not a Catholic way of thinking. That's Gnostic. They do hide behind cartoon avatars, though. You know, not giving themselves a physical form online. But it just can't be true. They all have Catholic in their bios. It must just be because I'm a tiny-brained woman. I just can't understand. Well, all my tiny brain knows is if you think posting breastfeeding pictures is immodest, you've obviously never been in a delivery room. So new rule, you can say breastfeeding is immodest 
when you've gotten to 10 births. So speaking of delivery rooms, that makes me think of my first labor and delivery. You know, I have three children, but this, my very, very first one, it was a total trip. You know, there I was, a first-time mom in a military teaching hospital, being attended to by doctors and nurses I had never even heard of before. That's the beauty of the military hospitals. You just get whoever's on duty that night. You may have never seen them before in all nine months of pregnancy, or it may end up being the person you've been seeing all along. That's always a gamble. <laughs> you know, kind of like playing Russian roulette. Oh, no. Oh, man. But it was grand. You know, this labor and delivery, it was grand. Lucky me, I was attended to by Dr. Darth Vader and her stormtrooper sidekicks. She'd walk in, flanked by her two male partner doctors, and bark orders at my nurse. <sighs> She's progressing too slowly. <sighs> and my nurse would say, She's actually progressing quite well and very steadily. It's going well! <sighs> Shoot her up with some Pitocin. I don't want to miss blowing up Alderaan. My nurse would sigh, Dr. Darth Vader and her stormtroopers would march out, and I'd continue to labor peacefully. Laboring peacefully is sort of an oxymoron, right? Full body contractions and pushing a 13-inch head out of a vagina medicated with only laughing gas isn't what most people would call peaceful. You know, it's not like I was laying on the hospital bed all silent and serene, but I was bouncing on a birthing ball and singing along to the music we had blaring. Honestly, I had a lot of fun. One, I wasn't having contractions. Okay, so in this first labor and delivery, when I was finally ready to push, Dr. Darth Vader and the stormtroopers marched back in and started bossing everyone around. After one particularly intense push, I looked up and saw about 13 extra people in the room watching me just staring. 13 extra people. That's not counting my nurse, my husband, my doula, my doctor, her sidekicks, and the peds team. 13 more. I don't even know how they all fit in there. It's like, but there they were. One of the stormtroopers must have shouted down the hallway because again, remember, this is a teaching hospital. Hey, trainees, if you need to see a birth to meet your requirements, come check out this pusher. They wanted a show, so I gave them a show. They all stood pretty stoically, and some of them took notes. During one contraction, Dr. Darth Vader ordered me to push, and I barked back, no way. I caught one of the trainees raising his eyebrow and start to write, I see you, I pointed at him. That guy didn't take another note the entire labor. The best part, though, oh, the best part, though, was when my baby started to crown. You know, that's when the head becomes visible in the vaginal opening. Dr. Darth Vader barely announced that the baby was crowning, told me to push as hard as I could, and I did when my baby rocketed into her arms. Dr. Darth Vader was so surprised that she barely was able to catch the baby. I just, it took her by surprise because, you know, normally 
takes a little while. The head comes out, then you have to work the shoulders out one at a time, and then the ba the rest of the baby comes out kind of like noodle soup with all the appendages, kind of Right, but not my baby, not my first one anyway. Just from barely crowning to in the doctor's arms. The faces of the trainees, though, were priceless. Totally made all of this labor worth it. Uh, you know, besides having a healthy baby in my arms. Their faces went from, yes, yes, this is proceeding, just as the textbook described, to, oh my god, what just happened? It didn't look like this in the instructional videos at all. And you know what I did? I just laid back on the hospital bed, cradling my rocket babe, and had a satisfied smirk on my face. Welcome to the show, everybody. Since it's Lent and we won't have a drink of the day for these episodes, I don't really know what to do or say here anymore. Any ideas? Pinkies out? And now for a dramatic reading of scripture. Even the Old Testament likened faith in God to breastfeeding a baby and was not shy or modest, as the Twitter frogs would say, about using explicit language to describe it. So here we have from the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 10 through 13. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad because of her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, and all you who mourn over her, so that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast. There must be nothing better in this world than being so close to the one who feeds you and loves you. I wouldn't know. My mom couldn't breastfeed me. But, you know, other people say so. Moving on that you may drink with delight at her abundant breasts. Abundant means they're big, just FYI. For thus says the Lord, I will spread prosperity over her like a river, like an overflowing torrent, the wealth of nations. You shall nurse, carried in her arms, cradled upon her knees. No mention of cover-ups to be seen here. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. In Jerusalem, you shall find your comfort. Let the babies eat. Amen. So on to the top 10. This week we have the top 10 Catholic t-shirts from least to most egregious. At number 10, we have the shirts that say, the Pope is dope. But he is. This one just lets everyone know that you're a dirty, filthy papist. At number nine, the shirt with Pope St. John Paul II wearing sunglasses. Everyone, everyone looks cooler when wearing sunglasses, even Catholics. See, we're hip. 
Number eight, those Jesus is my homeboy and Mary is my homegirl t-shirts. Okay, we're starting to try really hard to look cool now and it's only an okay look. Desperation doesn't really look good on anyone. Keep that in mind. Coming in at number seven, we have, do you even pray, bro, shirts? That's a pretty aggressive statement for a t-shirt. Jeez, you know, let your prayer be done in secret and all. But at number six, we have, I am a princess and my father is the king of kings. While true, because as we all know, because of the book, A Little Princess, all girls are princesses. This shirt is starting to blur the line between stating facts and self-aggrandizing. Did I own this shirt? Yes. Should you? No. At number five, are any of those shirts that turn the logos for major brands into something related to God? So like Gatorade became Jesus Aid, Sprite becomes Spirit, and Coca-Cola became Christ. For the record, Coca-Cola cannot become Christ. Only wine can, and only water can become wine. Just so we're clear. That's why that shirt's extra egregious. At number four, we have the shirts that say, chastity is for lovers. No, chastity is for everyone. It just takes on different forms according to different states in life. Chastity for all. Ranking in at number three, we have those shirts that say Mama's Boy with an image of Mary. Might sound cute to you, but it just sounds culty to anyone not in the know, which is the opposite of what we want to be portraying Catholicism as. We are not a cult. At number two are the Modest is Hottest shirts. First of all, according to the tratty definition of modesty, this is an oxymoron. Second of all, way to objectify yourself by saying you shouldn't be objectified? The logic here is a little off. I didn't personally own this shirt, but in my young and dumb days, I most definitely stole it from my college roommate's closet on occasion. And coming in at number one, a shirt that few dared to actually wear. One that not only did I wear, but actually made it home using my mom's screen printing press. The baseball tees that said virgin on the front and property of my future spouse on the back. This is the most egregious shirt to ever be seen on the face of earth ever. Holy shit, why was I allowed to wear this? Your body is nobody's property. Just yours and God's and it's God's gift to you. You don't owe your body to anyone. This goes against actual Catholic teaching on both the goodness of the body and what it means to become one flesh with your spouse. Oh my gosh. I could go on and 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 on about this for a long time. And it's Lent, so maybe I will. A proper view of your body and sexuality is the best thing you can give yourself as you navigate life and relationships. Seriously. Seriously. The intention behind this shirt is good, but the execution is just horrendous. I really wish I could rewind time and burn that shirt. So this will be the only time I ever promote execution as a valid way of dealing with something 
Oy vey! And that's your top 10! You know, since it's the fifth episode now, let's have another edition of hashtag old Catholic programming ideas for Catholic TV shows we actually watch. So how about this idea from at L.A. Pittenger and at David Paternoster? Musicals repurposed for telling Bible stories. So, for instance, Hamilton's song, You'll Be Back, could be repurposed as a retelling of Herod overseeing the slaughter of the Holy Innocents Something a little like this. Oceans rise, empires fall. We have seen each other through it all. And when push comes to shove, I will kill your firstborn children to remind you of my love. Da 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 Okay, this would make a pretty great activity for the parish CCD kids as a fundraiser for a parish, right? We could tape it and show it, kind of like on Disney Plus how they have that show, uh, what is it called? Encore, where they go back and get all the high school casts together and put on their shows again. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, speaking of CCD kids, how about this idea from at Weird Educator? Are you smarter than a Catholic fifth grader? Adults get put to the test by Jeff Foxworthy and a gaggle of parish CCD kids. Then winners would receive a plenary indulgence and a copy of Father Mike Schmitz's book, Made for Love. I like this. I like this idea. My kids regularly challenge me in the faith, so it would be cool to make this like a game show. Or how about a karaoke competition utilizing only praise and worship songs. This idea comes to us from at Matt underscore K007. Taking this one in another direction, what about a lip sync competition, but all of the songs have to be by Christian artists? Can you imagine people performing Jesus Freak by DC Talk or Higher by Creed? Gold, I tell you, this is gold. This one's gold. This next idea comes to us from at Andy Shaggy Cordy. The Lives of the Saints, but as a radio or podcast, I think, comedy with fake commercials for things like St. Brendan's Travel Agency. We don't know where we're going until we get there. At Andy Shaggy Cordy also gives us another idea for a faith-based comedy gong show hosted by Steve the Missionary and Tommy Ty. But isn't that basically what Repent and Submit is anyway? And finally, for this edition of Alt-Catholic Programming, an idea from yours truly. One I keep trotting out on Twitter every so often at that. Hint, hint, Catholic TV. The Adventures of Pete and Pete, except Catholic. There would be a priest locked in perpetual battle with a Lutheran pastor across the street. For Halloween, everyone goes as the goriest martyrs or as the scariest thing they can imagine, which is Hellfire. Matt Meyer could guest star as the music director trying to strike a balance between the trads and the progressives. And the theme song would be Gregorian chant set to pop punk. Hey, Catholic TV, call me. I'm full of ideas. 
And if you're full of ideas, make sure to look me up on Twitter, at Teresa Zoe, and send me your ideas for Catholic programming we'd like to see using the hashtag AltCatholicProgramming. Last but not least, the weird saint of the week, St. Giles. St. Giles was a hermit in southern France in the 6th and 700s. He is venerated as one of the 14 holy helpers and is the only one of them not to be martyred. Legend says he was the son of a king and queen of Athens, but that he, he rejected all of the honors due to him to live a life of austerity and solitude. This is where the dude gets interesting. Giles lived alone in a forest for many years, and the only sustenance he had was the milk of his steadfast companion, a red deer. Okay, we don't know if he learned to milk the deer or if he straight up just drank from her teats, but that's all he would eat. I don't know why he wouldn't eat anything else, but this is all he would eat. That deer must have loved him something fierce to have nursed a full-grown human man for several years on end. All moms know this feeling, all of us, whether we breastfed or bottle-fed, whatever. We all know that feeling of having that kid clinging to you for years and years and years. And for this reason, St. Giles is the patron saint of breastfeeding. Suck it, modesty police! Literally! Thanks for joining me tonight for Up Too Late. Special thanks this week goes to the Mad Trad Twitter Bros for giving me fodder, and to Mother Church for letting us suck on her teats the sacraments. You can always find me on Twitter at Teresa Zoe and sometimes on Instagram and Facebook at Teresa Zoe Williams. If you like this show, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!